Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group, and I'm here today at RSA Conference 2013 talking with Matt Anthony of Pindrop. Pindrop offers an authentication service for call centers, and I'd like for you to tell us, Matt, a little bit about what you offer and what seems to be of concern to the customers you're dealing with right now. Absolutely. Thanks, Tracy. So what Pindrop offers is a combination of authentication and anti-fraud using audio analysis technology. So we're listening to the content of a call, and based on that, we're able to uh, determine the location of the caller. We're able to determine the device type that they're using. And finally, we're able to form a unique fingerprint that we can then use to match that caller again, whether they be friend or foe. So in talking with institutions about call center fraud, would you say that you've seen an uptick over the course of the last 12 to 16 months? Absolutely. Uh, Not only are we hearing that as more of an issue from the institutions, uh, but we've also done our own independent research to measure, and we've seen that there's been about a 30% increase in complaints from consumers uh, tied to uh, misrepresenting financial institutions over that time. Now, part of the solution that Pindrop offers is built from a database. Can you tell us about how you collect the information for this database and how it works? Yes, we we, uh, scrape the web, we take complaints and information that we see from institutions that we're protecting, uh, from fraud teams that use our database and interact with it, uh, and then also from some traps that we've basically set for these kind of calls. We're also monitoring social media. So we're looking at all these different sources and we're seeing things like complaints, we're seeing known phishing emails that have phone numbers in them, anywhere we can we can look for that information. And then, because we know that complaints are not reliable, we're doing things like actually validating with a call out to that number, forming a fingerprint, and then starting to associate it with other activity we've seen in our database. What you get overall is a reputation database for phone numbers that can be used both for people actually getting incoming calls and trying to have some understanding of what might be on the other end of that phone, and then also for organizations that gather phone number as part of setting up a new account or so on. Now, call center fraud, is, of course, is something that we've talked about quite a bit in the financial space. Do you see call center fraud spreading to other industries? Well, we see it in other industries that have financial transactions happening uh, in in their environment. Uh, We also see uh, now a reputational risk for those folks that don't have finance. Uh, We know that uh, there was a journalist named Matt Honan at Wired who got hacked last summer, and both Apple and Amazon uh, were social engineered over the phone to release information about his account. Um, That's a great example of organizations that now are going to be much more attuned to preventing this kind of fraud just for the customer service and reputation benefits. What you base it on now is basically phone numbers in this database that you've collected with a little bit of device identification and authenticating the user. What about the voice biometrics component? So when we analyze the audio, um, it's every aspect of that call, and that can include voice. Currently, we don't have that. What we're evaluating is whether or not that would make us more accurate uh, and uh, improve the overall solution, and so we're looking at that as we speak. And then what about compliance, Matt? Authentication, of course, is something that the FFIC has been pushing for online transactions. Do you see something like this having an impact on the call center? Absolutely. There's there's a need there because we know that two-factor authentication is uh, something that the FFIEC has required for a while, and yet uh, call centers right now basically use one-factor authentication because there hasn't been any other solution. Once these solutions for two-factor prove themselves out in the call center, then I think you'll see examiners starting to call on it. I don't, however, think that any changes need to be made to the regulations. I think they already call for it at this point. 
Now, one thing that, that's come up in recent conversation is the fact that we've had these DDoS attacks, which of course have been modes of distraction, and not only have they distracted IT departments, but they've also put a lot more pressure on call centers. Because of this uptick on call centers, how could your solution help there? Now, that's a great question, because specifically what we believe they're trying to do is overwhelm the call centers and make them lower their guard by moving, trying to move quickly, handle more calls, and so on. And so uh, with a solution like ours, you actually have the ability to, one, right away, it's going to help you prevent certain calls from coming into your call center or immediately handling them before they ever get into the call center in a different way, routing them to a team that's specifically focused on fraud or so on. Every call we analyze, you're producing a score. And what you can do is change your threshold of pain on that score so that you would uh, potentially move more calls out of the call center. Now, you're going to increase your risk there of taking on good folks, but in a time in which you've got something like this happening and you know you're in a um, kind of a combat setting, then you might want to behave differently, and it gives you that flexibility. Now, you had noted earlier that taking stress off the call center is something that's important. You don't want to have customer service employees trying to vet some of these calls. So how does your solution help to take some of that pressure off of the call center employees themselves? Well, what we know is that in the call center, you've got a certain volume of good calls, and then few and far between are the actual fraud calls. Now, overall, it adds up to a huge problem for the enterprise. But for every, any given con- contact center rep, they're almost never going to encounter a fraudster. And so they're not trained for it. They're not going to be well-equipped for it. And if you make them overly sensitive to it, then they're going to treat your customers badly. So what we're striving to do is put a solution in place that can actually keep these fraudsters out of the call center and let your call center reps focus on being nice to nice people, which are their customers. We'll handle the bad folks. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. Thank you.